Blog Talk Radio. On Tuesday nights, all we do is sports talk, Atlanta. Tune in at 8 p.m. Eastern Time with host Travis McGee and Jamel Johnson. And, by the way, we talk HBCU first. Then, we get you ready for all the sports news of the week around the world. We can't wait for you to stop by Never Had It So Good Sports Radio for the best sports show in America on Tuesday night. Let's go! Good evening, this is Sports Talk Atlanta. Never had it so good, sports media network and radio. I am your host, Travis McGee, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Jamel Johnson. Jamel, how are you tonight, sir? I'm doing great, Travis. How are you tonight? I'm doing outstanding, Jamel. Uh, Jamel, it was another blessed weekend in sports over the weekend. First of all, I want to ask you, Jamel, how was your Easter weekend? It was really good. It was really good. I hope everybody else watching or listening to tonight's show had a great Easter weekend, but it was really good. I uh, did not go to church, but I did have a good Easter meal and everything like that. Got some good food in my belly. Um, just had a really chill, nice weekend with family and friends. So um, how was yours? Hey, man, it was outstanding. Again, family and friends uh, was the centerpiece. I did get, get a chance to go to church on Sunday. Very good church service. Uh, hey, man. Jesus is the reason for the season, and, hey, man, that's why we're here. So uh, I hope all of our listeners had a good, very good Easter weekend. Resurrection uh, Sunday was here, and hopefully um, all of our lives will be blessed for the rest of the year. Hey, man, we had another great year. Oh, a great year. We had another great weekend. Of well, it has been a good year already, though. <laughs> exactly. It has been. Uh, matter of fact, I'm glad you said that. It has been so far. It's been very interesting. Uh, very interesting in the NBA. Uh, very interesting in the HBCU sports world. In the sports world. Uh, very interesting in HBCU. And that's what we're going to talk about here first. Uh, but we're going to talk about HBCU. Uh, the WNBA draft was last night. Had a couple of uh, HBCU players go into the draft, which is always good. Always good, always good. I want to tell everybody, always good, Jamel, but you know me, there should have been more. But it was always good, always good. Yeah, uh, there's definitely going to be more in the future. But um, as long as we have some in draft, you know, we it's, it's kind of like a little stepping stone. So we make a little progress here, make a little progress there. It isn't going to come all at once. Um, so those, everybody who's, you know, upset or, you know, upset that there hasn't been as many uh, players to be taken in the, you know, the respective drafts of these leagues. It's going to be okay. We're going to get more, uh, but it's just going to take some time because we we got we to gotta push it out. You got to trust Sports Talk Atlanta and other uh, HBCU sports news shows to push it out so we can get, get it out there and uh, p- bring awareness to everything. Amen. Good stuff. Great for what you just said, man. I want all of our listeners uh, to know that, you know, right here at Sports Talk Atlanta, we're going to give you up-to-date HBCU sports news updates as long as we can because of the fact that it is very, very much needed in this country right now. Uh, the way, you know, with this critical race thinking, they want to try to continue, try to erase African-American history, African-Americans, period. Uh, you know, so that's why we, we're not going to let HBCUs die at all, and HBCUs are still hot. Even after Coach Dion Primetime Sanders has left the HBCU world, the world is still hot. Um, hey, man, let's jump right into our uh, program tonight, into our uh, subject of HBCU. Now, something happened over the weekend, man, that was very, very different. I'm not going to say strange. I'm going to say different. And the difference is the Texas Southern University cheerleading team made history as they won a national title at the National Cheerleading Association uh, and College uh, Championship on Friday. Uh, competing in the Cheer Spirit Rally Division One category, the Tigers went. Were, they were solid from start from start to finish. They opened the preliminary round with a 
uh, point zero five performance score, ninety four point three raw score, and a three point twenty three point five performance score. And in the final round, TSU maintained its consistency, and it did even better with a ninety six point one performance score, ninety six point one raw score, and ninety five point five event score. The national title marked the first time on the HBCU has claimed this title at the championship. Hey, man, Jamel, I want to give a shout-out to Texas Southern University cheerleading team. Hello? Jamel? Oh, I, I, thought, I, thought you were, I thought you were still going, but, yeah, definitely Jamel, want to give if a shout-out. Jamel, if you could turn up your phone, I can barely hear you or your speaker or whatnot. But, I, again, I want to give a shout-out to Texas Southern University cheerleading squad, man, for doing for their hard work and for the way they competed in this um, competed, I guess the way that they compete national cheerleading championship, man I mean, what a, what a I mean, what an honor, man what a, what a what a way to pay off the hard work that they put into it Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now Okay, I, I I thought you were still going um, when you when you said you were gonna give them a shout. I thought you were still gonna go. I didn't know you were uh, opening it up for me to for me to speak. But yeah, yeah. Um, Texas Southern cheerleading. Uh, cheerleading is something that uh, is very interesting because I don't really particularly pay attention to a lot of cheerleading, other than if it's at a sporting event or a game or something like that. I don't pay attention to it when it comes to tournaments and everything. But this is really really cool and interesting. And when I was just reading the the score and everything, uh, they improved in every aspect of that final score, the performance score and their raw score um, and their event score. So they improved each time they performed, um, which which was really good. You could tell, I mean, even just watching some of their routines, which I did to kind of get familiar with the tournament, they, their routine was just flawless. The way they carry those girls who were the flyers and everything like that. And the way they just, the whole routine was just spot on. Um, and I really love watching it. Like I said, cheerleading isn't something that I personally am into. Or I, I like watching it. But at the same time, it is something that's really interesting to watch. Just like, I mean, because it, it, it's just like kind of like gymnastics at the same time. You're doing flips. You're doing tumbling. You're, you know, you're flipping around. You're throwing people up in the air. I mean, it's, it's really, really cool to watch. Um, and, you know, yeah, just shout out to the Texas Southern. <laughs> hey, man. The reason why I was laughing is bad because, first of all, I have two daughters. So um, both of them are in their 30s now. But my thing is they used to cheerlead when they were small and, you know, coming up the ranks. I, you know, um, I used to play, play little league football. We had cheerleaders. Middle school, you know, you go to middle school, you go to high school, you got cheerleaders, you know, basketball and football. You get to college, you got cheerleaders. And, you know, after that, you see cheerleaders everywhere. Pro sports, cheerleaders, cheerleaders. And then, you know, that's the cheerleading competition. Well, over the years, with the S, over the years, when I see that, you know, one of the things, the reason why I started laughing when you said throwing people in the air, that would be one I just could not get with, Jamel. <laughs> I just don't, don't think I can, you can throw me in the air and I got to trust you to catch me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh God! I just you know that one right. There. I you know, I love it when I see it. Don't get me wrong, but it, I, every time I see cheerleaders, even when they start, you know, when they start to build a house or when they build something, and everybody mm-hmm. get on the base and then they keep going up to the top when they have one at the top, it's like, oh God, y'all, please don't, you know, yeah, uh, please I mean, do it right. But yeah, yeah, those those. Those girls who, you know, are the ones who are, I think they call them the flyers or something like that, but the girls who are the ones that are getting people to throw them around and, you know, do all the stunts and stuff, those are some pretty brave girls. Um, and shout out, like, like you said, I couldn't do I couldn't do that. I could not I do, do that. I, yeah, I cannot have you, you know, as much as I, tr- in fact, I, you might be my best friend in the entire world, you know, right. I still would not probably trust anybody <laughs> to do something <laughs> like that. Oh, but 
Uh, yeah, I mean, just shout out to all those girls who are who do that because I mean, it is very scary. And if you look at a lot of practices, there are a lot of cheerleading, like reality TV shows and everything. If you look at a lot of practices, you know, going into it, they yep. they fall a lot. You know, they fall a lot, yep. and it's a lot of mistakes that happen. Uh, you got to get the coordination down, the timing down. Um, so I mean, those girls really are really really brave, and also the girls who are. Uh, throwing them are really, really brave, too, because you have a human being that you have to throw up in the air and then catch, right. you know, timing and everything like that, and they're coming down, and you have to catch them, and if you don't catch them, they could seriously, seriously injure themselves, and those mats, I mean, they're cush- they have cushion in them, but at the same time, you know, you, you can never trust anything to really break your fall. But so you like you know like I said everybody is just brave when it comes to cheerleading and tumbling and flipping. I mean I I I've, I've never even learned to flip a day in my life. And then you know when they learn how to tumble, it's you know they're flipping and flipping. They're doing like fifteen, twenty flips in a row. Uh, and I mean I remember when I was in high school, um, you know they would do it sometimes on the uh, at basketball games. They do it sometimes on the court. And I'm like wow, wow that's that's really really impressive. So yeah. And not only is it impressive, there's no way I could come out of there and not be dizzy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, especially at a basketball game when they flip the whole court. I'm going, oh, mm-hmm. my God. Shout out to her. She's got it. But, you know, I've always been, you know, my dad was in the military, so I've always been an advocate of a strong body. No matter what you do, even in golf, man. You know, you know, Tiger Woods brought the strength of the body to the sport. And I've always loved, you know, uh, just a strong body. Have a strong body, and cheerleading is one thing that you uh, that you must have a strong body with. Now, I say that to say, this has been a Caucasian event for a long time. Cheer the national cheerleading, and for them to come and win this, they've done something. Let's put yeah. that out there. Let's put that out there, man. They have done something. Not only that. Gymnastics. Uh, we've already talked to the coaches and, and, and everything that Fisk and uh, Talladega uh, College have uh, now have um, gymnastic programs. Well, I say that to say, not to take it away from the, the Texas Southern University cheerleading subject, but I just say that to say that, you know, now they're uh, in the NCAA gymnastics. Uh, competition for the for the for the national championship. So uh, for those to be happening at the same time, it's here we come. Here come HBCU in in cheerleading and in gymnastics. Here here they come. There's nothing you can say, but here they come. Yeah, 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 Most definitely. Yeah, exactly. Here they come. And, yeah, um, I mean when they're I, going. Yeah, I, I wish them well. Uh, can you say that again, Jamel? I was understanding when you're going to an event filled with PWIs and other major college, major colleges around the world that are not HBCUs, and you're going in and winning these events, it's telling the people at the events and the people watching the event that you can compete with guys and major college, major colleges that aren't PWIs but aren't HBCUs. HBCUs can compete and compete on the exact same level and sometimes even better, a lot of the times even better as a lot of these schools that, you know, are known to be the powerhouses in these types of events, the gymnastics, uh, the the, uh, cheerleading, the tracks, um, the tennises, all, all of that. They are known to be the powerhouses in those events, but at the same time, HBCUs come in and then they dominate just the same as the teams that, you know, everybody talks about as, as highly of. Um, it, it's the exact same thing, and we need to – everybody needs to take note of it because, like you said, they're coming They're coming in these sports, um, and, you know, if you, if you blink, you're going to miss it, and you don't want to miss it. Well, right. And, and, you know, the African-American – uh, that gymnasts that are at PWIs have very, very strong bodies, man. Along with that strong body, they have grace. They have uh, they have rhythm, very a lot of rhythm. I, I love all of that stuff, man. I grew up with that stuff, man, having the strength, the grace. You know, when I was playing football at Morehouse College, man, I was one of the strongest on the team. I was bench pressing 450 pounds. 
I was squatting 400 pounds. I mean, strength is where it's at. That's why I used to like uh, Reggie White. Reggie White and some of the other offensive linemen for the Dallas Cowboys back in their heyday with three Super Bowl reads. Those people were strong people, man, strong yeah. human beings. And, and for me to see that uh, for the African female, African-American female that have strong bodies like they do today, man, you know, like my mom and dad, like my dad used to tell me, it takes a great, it takes a good mind to build a good body. I didn't realize that uh, until, you know, uh, the light, the idea light or the light bulb came on one day when they said it takes a good mind to build a good body, because every day you don't want to work out, but you got to have that mind to do it anyway. Every day you don't want to run. Every day you don't want to lift. Every day you don't want to just eat right. You know. And for these uh, young ladies up today to go out and do the things that they're doing with their bodies when it comes to sports, man, it just really warms my heart. It really does, man. So, again, I want to say shout-out to Texas Southern University squad. May they go on and do more uh, great things. And may HBCUs in cheerleading uh, do great things. Um <laughs> That's another thing that, uh, you know, I'm going to get off the subject, but that's another uh, great thing that comedians do a lot with HBCU bands and HBCU cheerleaders because we have a class of our own, particularly when it comes to rhythm. Ooh, we. We we can combine rhythm, strength, and grace like we do, like none other race on this planet. Exactly. We could combine it, man, and make it look so beautiful. It is, it is, it is just so good for the eye to see. I hope I didn't say too much for you, Jamel. Oh no, I follow. I followed every step of the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, baseball season is going on right now in HBCU, so I want to let all my listeners know that next week we will start up some more baseball coverage within HBCUs. Right now, of course, we're in the thick of things. Totally conference play in in HBCU baseball. Um, most of um, you know the, the the beginning is over. Usually the beginning starts around the first part of February, so we're we're through with February. Most of the you know your travel and your tournaments go on in February. Um, but right now everybody's in in their own conference. It's in conference play. SIAC, CIAA, SWAC, and the MIAC. So next week we'll. We will give you more coverage on baseball. Right now it is track season also. We'll give you more coverage on track within HBCU. A lot of uh, track teams are doing well. Um, not too long ago we had the Morehouse Relays, which was very good. We reported on that here at Sports Talk Atlanta. Um, uh, I think that's I think that's about it, Jamel, unless you have something in HBCU that I might not know of. Uh, no, I don't have anything for HBCUs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How can we forget this, Jamel? Last night was the WNBA draft, and we had two HBCUers to get drafted. One was from Alabama State University, and the other one was from North Carolina A&T. Yeah. They did very well. Uh, the young lady from um, – from Alabama State, uh, her name is Mrs. Ayana Ayana Williams Holiday. No, no, that was last year from Jackson State. The, the young lady this year is I see. I got the Ayanas mixed up. Ayana yeah. Emmanuel from Alabama State University. Man, uh, she's from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and she landed at Alabama State in 2018 and was dominant from the moment she stepped on the court. So, hey, man. Shout out to this Ayana Emanuel from Alabama State University. Um, let me see the other young lady. She was from North Carolina A and T. Her name was Jasmine Harris. She was a transfer from UNC Charlotte. Uh, she provided depth and versatility for the Aggies with her dynamic mid-range jumper. Uh, before committing to North Carolina A and T, Harris played three seasons uh, with UNCC. She finished her career as a 49er, averaging 5.3 rebounds, 8 points, and 47% for field goal percentage. So, hey, man, I want to give a shout-out to both of those HBCUers that were in the draft. 
um, shout out to them, man. They worked hard for that. And, of course, as I always say, um, Jamel, out of four conferences, you couldn't find but two that were good. Yeah. That is. That is. <laughs> out of four conferences. <laughs> wow. I mean, um, but the young yeah, lady we, with North Carolina A and T man, she was six three. You know, six foot three. So she, you know, I'm sure she's gonna have some type of uh, movement within the within the um, you know the ranks of the WNBA. I'll be looking out for her, of course, and you know to see how uh, far she can really take things. Look at this. When we go, we're gonna take a break right now, and when we come back, we're gonna talk. PGA, how about that? Golf, the Masters was this weekend. Also, we're going to talk NBA playoffs. The playoffs, play-in games are tonight. Jamel, you got to be fired up for the play-in games. I am fired up for the play-in game. I actually have my computer sitting right here, and I got the game on one side. I got my notes on the other side. It's kind of split screen right now. So, watching my Hawks game right now, they are dominating. They're about to be up 20 over the Miami Heat. So, I'm really hoping they can pull it together and get that seventh seed. Amen. I got a lot to say about the Hawks, and not only that, man. You know I'm a LeBron James fan from the time he was in high school, right? I oh, used to yeah, remember when he used to shoot five hundred. used to shoot five hundred shots a day after after yeah. class. Five hundred <laughs> shots, man. and look where he is now. Well, I say that to say, remember the Lakers started the year on everybody was hating on them. All oh, they're terrible. All mm. oh, they need to get rid of them. Oh, they need to do this. They need to do that. Looking at the in last place, and ha ha ha. Am I correct? Yeah, you were right. They were really counting them out earlier in the in the year. Man, they were. They oh man, people were dogging them. Then you know LeBron gets the scoring title. Oh, he's still not good enough. Oh my God, they're the number seven seed, and if you don't look out, <laughs> it could be trouble. <laughs> yeah, they definitely could. It could be trouble over at the West. <laughs> hey, man, let's go ahead and take this break so we can hurry up. This is Sports Talk Atlanta on the Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network and Radio. We'll be right back. And we're back. This is Sports Talk Atlanta on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Radio. I'm your host, Travis McGee. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Jamel Johnson. Jamel, if you don't mind, let our listeners know how they can continue to follow us. Yeah, so you guys can follow us on Instagram at Sports Talk Atlanta, Twitter Sports Talk ATL one, and then Facebook Sports Talk Atlanta. Once again, that's Instagram Sports Talk Atlanta, Facebook Sports Talk Atlanta, and Twitter Sports Talk ATL one. Hey man, I'm having a great time tonight. Uh with Sports Talk Atlanta, I'm always fired up on show day. I want to give a shout-out to some of our hard workers around here, Ms. Sierra Herford and Mr. Kevin Williams. They're very, they work very hard around here. I know they didn't think that I was going to uh, uh, say their names tonight, but uh, their names will be getting, uh, I would say, their names will be getting said more, uh, you know, as we go along. But, again, I want to give a shout-out to our hard workers around here at Sports Talk Atlanta, Ms. Sierra Hereford and Mr. Kevin Williams. Man, we thank you for all your hard work, and I want to tell you, continue the hard work. It will take you places. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Jamil, Atlanta Hawks. I got the Hawks in this series. I'm going to go with the Hawks. Oh, well, Obviously, sir, I'm definitely going to go with the Hawks, right? Yeah, yeah. Obviously. Now, Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. The Hawks got rid of the coach because he was tired of coaching the team. Am I correct? I want you to stay with me because I'm going yeah, somewhere. Yeah. He got tired of coaching the team because it wasn't the same team that he took to the NBA, what is the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yeah. Then... I, you know, I was always like, okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay, uh, you know, we're, we're still going. But then I find out, and he was saying it the whole time, but I guess I just wasn't wanting to listen. The point guard, Mr. Trey Young, is getting a, he's getting too big for his britches in that lamp. You might as well say. There were other yeah. words, but I'm putting it nicely. With that being said, 
whenever they lose, I'm hoping they go to the NBA Finals and win it all. Let's say they win it all, uh, 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 <laughs> Jamel. Do you think he's going to be in Atlanta no matter what? You're talking about Trey Young? Right, Trey Young. I don't think Yeah, so. you don't think so? No, because the front office has already gotten the green light to trade him. Uh, I, it's going to have to be some some real, I, I don't know. I mean, somebody's going to have to have some real, I guess, I don't know, some real macho to trade Trey Young to go against, um, I mean, a lot of people in Atlanta who are, Fans of Trey Young and who became becoming before Trey Young arrived in Atlanta, uh, I believe in 2018. He was a part of that 2018 draft class. Before he arrived in Atlanta, we were not good. Last time we had, I believe I believe made the playoffs was that 2015 uh, when we went to the Eastern Conference Finals with Paul Millsap. Uh, we had Paul Millsap, Ken Bazemore, uh, Al Horford, Jesse. We had a really, really, really good team. And I believe we didn't even have a player to average 20 points a game on that team, but it was just the teamwork that we had and how how the ball movement was really good. We just really worked as a team and learned how to win. And then obviously we played the Cavaliers. We had LeBron and Kyrie on that team, uh, and they went on to win – or they didn't win the finals that year. They went on to meet the Golden State Warriors in the finals, but they lost. But at the same time, we – after that, that period until Trey Young got back, we weren't that good. Um, and Trey Young has provided hope for Atlanta again to get back to that area. I mean, we we went to the Eastern Conference Finals in 2021. That year after COVID, went went uh, went in 2021. We beat the Philadelphia 76ers in that second round matchup. And a lot of people were counting us out. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people thought we were going to lose in the first round to the Knicks, and we didn't. But that was a, a lot of it had to do with Trey Young. And then last year, underperformed a little bit, lost in the first round to the Heat. But this year, we have, I mean, we were kind of back and forth between good sometimes, bad the next. We had the DeJounte Murray trade earlier in the season, uh, or before the season started. Um, and that was a really big boost for us. But we're still kind of missing some type of element to propel us to one of the better teams in the league. But I feel like this year we still have a pretty good shot to make a deep playoff run. Uh, I personally don't think they should tra- trade Trey Young at all because he's been such an important piece for this Atlanta Hawks team. If you look at the 2018 draft, the 2018 draft had a lot of good players that were or that are the star player on their team. Luka Doncic, Trey Young. Um, and Trey Young, I mean, Trey Young is one of them, and I feel like he is the the star on our, the Atlanta Hawks team. You don't trade the stars. You never trade the stars. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's mine. Well, that's, that's, well, I guess that's my uh, take uh, on it. Again, again, the word on the street is he's getting too big for his britches. Mm. That's the word on the street, and, you know, it's all over ESPN and all of the other reliable sources that the front office of the Atlanta Hawks have gotten the green light to trade Trey Young. Now, of course, you know, before before Trey Young, like you said, but before that, before that, I remember, you remember when the Hawks were straight out horrible. Yeah. I mean, they were, I mean, I, I mean, Low, no laughing matter, a college team could have beat them. They were that horrible. Yeah. And then along, they got a little better the next year, and then came along Trey Young. So I, I get totally what you're saying. But, you know, they're going to have to put together a good package for him, of course. He's still got a lot in the tank. He's still young. But, you know, when you start doing things that, uh, the coach asked you to do it, you still don't want to do it, man. It's time for you to move on. Time for you to move on. You, 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 you're beginning to be not coachable. That's my opinion. And I've yeah. seen a lot of sport. I've seen a lot of sports. And when that happens, you know, you're out of there. You're out of there. Again, what kind of package they going to put together? Who knows? Who knows? I hope they win tonight. Um, 
it's a play-in game. So, you know, they like you said, during the year, man, they were up and down. But, shoot, man, during the year, they were up in the fourth and fifth. You know, then all of a sudden, I guess somewhere the bottom fell out. You know, they're, they're scrambling for their life. <laughs> you know, so, uh, but, yeah, you, you explained that very good. Um, there's something I want to uh, ask you about. I don't have much insight on the Minnesota Timberwolves had some interesting stuff going on the bench during the game last week. Did you know much about much about that? Yeah, so uh, it appeared Rudy Gobert and uh, Kyle Anderson, Kyle Anderson small forward, small forward slash power forward for the Grizzlies, uh, they had some type – I mean, no, it's the Timberwolves, sorry, Timberwolves. Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves. Rudy Gobert yeah. and Kyle Anderson had some type of altercation on the the sideline uh, during a huddle. I believe it was during a timeout, and it was right. late in the game, or it was it was before halftime. Um, and then Rudy Gobert ended up punching Kyle Anderson because of something that Kyle Anderson said. Uh, but it is believed to I don't think anybody knows for sure what went down, but it's believed to been an altercation about Kyle Anderson saying to Rudy Gobert, how about you block some shots for us? So I guess Rudy Gobert's defense wasn't um, that good during that game. And then Rudy Gobert then responded. This is allegedly responded uh, per Bleach Report or something like that. Um, they That Rudy Gobert said to Kyle Anderson, how about you grab some rebounds? And then after that, it kind of just escalated. They both started arguing, and then Rudy Gobert ended up punching Kyle Anderson in the chest. I, I believe Rudy Gobert was dismissed from the team uh, for that game, and then he came back. But you know that <laughs> when, you, when you look at it on the, the screen, and when you look when you looked at it during the game, it didn't really look like a good a good um, incident because especially Minnesota is not the greatest team in the West, as, especially they're still trying to get back to that uh, spot where they're you know fourth fifth or you know fourth fifth in the conference. But they're still right now in the playing playing game. So when you have something like that going on between two of your, you know, players that you're expecting to come in and produce, and Rudy Gobert, I mean, they got they acquired Rudy Gobert this off season during uh, for the trade between Utah and, and the uh, the Memphis. I, I keep saying Memphis Grizzlies, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves and Utah Jazz acquired, or the Minnesota Timberwolves acquired Rudy Gobert through the trade with Utah. They were expecting him to come in and be the rebounder, the defensive presence, and everything like that. And his scoring isn't where they would want it to be. Also, they probably will prefer him to be a, a way better scorer than he is, but he's not. And I, you know, I think they just kind of at this point, he hasn't really been that force that they want him to be. And yeah. it's kind of getting to. I mean, you can see it kind of getting to the team on the team level as well. And now it's a it's something between Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert. Hopefully they can sort it out. Um, I believe that I believe they do play tonight, but hopefully they can sort it out and get something going. And you know they can end up becoming cordial or you know doing whatever it takes to. I mean because it's right before the playoffs, and that's definitely when you don't want any team blemishes or any team mistakes going on. You want everybody to be clicking on the same page. So hopefully they've gotten stuff worked out and they they're moving forward. Hey, man, thank you for that. That was well said because I saw pictures of his his arm extended, throwing a punch, and I'm going, what in the world? And, you know, people sitting on the bench while his arm is extended, you know, uh, toward the other young man. And the other young man said, well, I think it was yesterday or today, he was like, you know, you the, he was talking to the Minnesota Timberwolves organization. He's like, y'all giving him all this attention. <laughs> and he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. <laughs> oh God, neither one, neither one of them are going to be around long. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, do you like Minnesota in the in the playing game? Uh, well, they they playing the Lakers today at ten o'clock. I personally, I mean, I don't have a problem with Minnesota or anything. I would like to see them. I mean, I've been I've been actually rooting for Minnesota. Uh, these past couple of years, especially when Anthony Edwards got on the team, because I used to go to middle school with Anthony Edwards. He probably doesn't remember me now, but I I used to go to middle school with him. So I'm always pulling for him when he got selected by Minnesota in the first round. I was like, wow, yeah. you know, that's 
uh, you know, I, that's my guy. I love, you know, I love Anthony Edwards. I want to see him do well. So I've been kind of rooting for them, especially these uh, past couple of years. And then, you know, they they were in a playing tournament last year and the playing tournament this year. Uh, so they're still trying to get back to that spot to be not in the playing tournament and hopefully hosting well, one of these one of these series, at least the first round, <clears throat> the first series. But uh, yeah, I, I am rooting for them. But at the same time, they're playing the Lakers today. You know, I'm a LeBron fan. I love LeBron, my favorite player growing up and everything like that. He was my, uh, my role model. So, yeah, so I personally am rooting for the Lakers to win tonight. But still, if they if the Minnesota Timberwolves do lose tonight, then they would have another chance between whoever lose, whoever wins between, I believe it's OKC and some other team. But they are the New Orleans Pelicans. It's the OKC and New Orleans Pelicans. So whoever loses in that game, they're out. Whoever wins will then play the loser from Lakers and Timberwolves. And if the Timberwolves lose, then they'll play whoever wins that game. If the Lakers lose, then they'll play whoever loses that game. So they have a chance. Both of these teams still have a chance. Obviously, you would rather get the seventh seed other than the uh, the eighth seed. You'd rather be the seventh seed and not the eighth seed. But at the same time, you still be in the playoffs. So that's really, at the end, all that matters. You want to win as many games as you can to get to that spot to where you're as high as you can be. Uh, but, you know, both of these teams are playing for the seventh seed right now. And, I like I said, I'm rooting for the Lakers. But if they lose and they'll still have another chance, if Minnesota lose, they'll still have another chance. Hey, Amen. And, and, and that's what I want to ask you. Uh, I want to tell all of our hard workers around here, you know, in our production meeting, I know – that uh, Jamel and I might be going off a, a little course here for a little minute, but, you know, just bear with us. At the same time, do you like the play-in game structure as opposed to top eight, that's it? Yeah, like? so I, I, I think from a, uh, a fan perspective as well, because, I mean, with the, with the play-in tournament, you can always argue, okay, the best team is going to emerge as, the victor, the best team is going to win and go to the playoffs. You can argue that, but in the NBA and I mean, all of these, these sports leagues, especially, I mean, any given day you can like the, the worst team could be the best team in the league. It could just, just literally be their day. Their best player could just go off for 30, 40, 50, and then you end up losing by a couple points. I mean, it, it literally could just come down to that. The, the That team could, I mean, the Rockets, could beat the Bucks just, you know, just off of a fluke game or just some game where the Bucks just weren't hitting or anything like that. So right. with the playing tournament, it creates, I feel like from a fan perspective, it creates a little bit more intensity, a little bit more excitement with the playing tournament because now, okay, you have the seventh through the 10th uh, seeds. Obviously the ninth and 10th seeds don't go to the playoffs at seven and eight, but you have the seventh through the 10th battling for these, two playoff spots, seven and eight. And when you have, if you have a 10th seed or a ninth seed who not supposed to be in the playoffs pre-playing tournament, they're not supposed to be in the playoffs, have no chance of getting into the playoffs because they should have got to that point during the season. They have no chance. But then you give them a chance and you give them an opportunity to battle for their, that spot and it, it just creates a little bit more excitement. So I understand what they're doing. They're trying to obviously create revenue. What the NBA is all about is making money and all the ads they can get. And I mean, because it, 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 it's, it's literally what was it four or five? Or, no, it's eight more games, I believe. It's four in the Eastern Conference, and or no, seven more or six more games, I think. Three in the Eastern Conference and three in the Western Conference. So it creates more opportunities for ad revenue, more opportunities for viewership to go up. I understand what they're doing. Like like I said, they're all about making money. But at the same time, before a couple years ago when all you had to do was get seven, seven and eight, and that was it, you were in, it, it's from a player standpoint, it's definitely something that I wouldn't appreciate from a player because I'm like, okay, you know, if we're number seven, we shouldn't have to play an extra game going into this, and if we win, we shouldn't have to play an extra game going into this series that now we have to play the number two seed because the number two seed, they have gotten some rest now. They've gotten a week's rest. And, you know, we're coming in having have, have to play a game. We haven't gotten as much rest as they did. So it's uneven in that aspect. Uh, but, like I said, from a player standpoint, it's, it's definitely something that I wouldn't 
if I was a player, appreciate at the same time. And like I said, you could be the seventh seed, and now, you know, you lost against the eighth seed, and now that they have the seventh seed, and now you have to play, say, the tenth seed who just beat the ninth seed, and then, you know, you're running on fumes, you know, you're not really having your best game, and then you end up losing to the tenth seed. So the seventh seed is now out, and the tenth seed now has the eighth seed. It's just, it just creates a bunch of confusion, and, you know, it, I mean, I, you know, like I said, it's viewership, I understand it, money, I understand, but um, these players, I really feel for them when they have to p- go out and play another game just to get in the playoffs. So, yeah, uh, uh, that you know that was well put, and I like that. So, if you're number six seed and up, that gives you more rest time. Yeah, I believe I believe it's a week. I'm not sure when the playoffs start, yeah. but the yeah. the the teams who are out or who are already have their spots clinched, they don't play until like a week after, after all the playing tournaments are done and everything like that. So, I mean, it's like I said, it creates where these plays, these teams aren't getting as much rest as the teams who from one to six. Yeah. Yeah. And that sounds very, very good because get that rest time and then get ready for the tournament, man. You go in with a clear mind, clear heart, body's rested, and you're ready to go, man. Let's do this, you know. Um, whereas in the play-in game, man, you just got through playing an 82-game schedule. Then you go play this game that's very crucial for you to keep going. And then once you get in the playoffs, now you got to play against this team rested. <laughs> that's been rested. I mean, you know. Like you said, it, it, it can be get it can get to be about money, but at the same time, it can be fun too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey man, we're gonna switch gears a little bit. We're gonna go into the PGA, the golf, the Masters this past weekend. Were you able to look at any any golf this past weekend? Well, I was able to uh, read up on Tiger Woods leaving uh, the the Masters. The Masters. Other than that, I did look at some of the payouts. Uh, you did send some of the payouts in the group chat. But other than that, I haven't really been able to look at too much Masters, but I've been kind of covering it when, you know, stuff comes through on ESPN and stuff like that, reading the different articles and everything like that. Right. Man, I mean, that payout, good Lord, man. I mean, yeah. you know, the top, the top just, I mean, it's soaring. It's good stuff. And shoot, man, if you go to our Facebook page on Sports Talk Atlanta, listeners, you'll see the Masters payout that we have and the Masters payout by finishing position. I'm going to go with the top five. Uh, John Rom, he won $3.24 million. That's the winner now, $4 million. Brooks Capita, $1.5 million. Now, look at that big gap there, uh, Jamel. Yeah, it's really, really big. It's a really big gap, about almost, almost $2 million. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but but Phil Mickelson, that's with the M, Mickelson, Phil Mickelson, he won the same thing because he was tied with, with this. There was a two-way tie for second place. Both of them won the same thing, 1.5. Then there was a tie for fourth place. From $1.5 million to $744,000. Wow. Yeah. You go from tied for fourth, tied for seventh, and that's $603,000. And I'm just going to stop at 10. You had a one, two, three, four way tie for 10. Four way tie for, no, three way tie for 10. Each one of them won $432,000. So you go from 432, 522, to 603, to 644, to 1.5, to 3.2. Uh, I mean, I would just be content with getting second, honestly. Yeah. Excuse me? I mean, if, if I've got sec, if I got second, I would I would be fine. You know, even I don't even have to win it. Just getting second or third or something like that, I, mean, I would be fine right. getting all that. That's that's a lot of money that you're taking home. 
um, from that master tournament, not even from winning, but, I mean, right. essentially showing up and playing good and, you know, doing what you what you came there to do. But like I said, you didn't even – I didn't even win it to get 1.5 or 744,000, I mean, that's, that's really, really big. Well, because you said it like that, Mel, I mean, get down to – Let's just say number thirty-three. Mm. Thirty-three took home a hundred six thousand dollars. Now you're thirty-three. It's not a you know, it's not a bad weekend. You know, especially when you're doing something that you love, because yeah. thirty-three is one hundred six, and you go up from there one nineteen. 138, 172, 304, no, 324, this is 1,000, 334, 333, and then you get into the 400s once you get the 10th place. Mm. And then, you know, 506, man, you could live with off of the 7 and the 6 and the 5s. I yeah. think I can have. I think I can hold my head up with three hundred twenty-four thousand dollars, uh, Jamel. <laughs> <laughs> I can hold my head up. I would definitely be content with three hundred twenty-four thousand, and the the total yeah. purse was fifteen million. So they divided it up based off, like you said, the uh, the places how they played. <laughs> so fifteen million, and then John Ram took home three point two four million of that. And then one point five, one point five, and then after that, you know, it got into hundred thousands and everything. Uh, so I mean, that was that was a lot of money that they were playing for. Um, and I don't, I'm not sure how they divided up. I know, like I said, the first place and second place, but I don't know how they decide how much first place gets, how much divide second place gets. But you know, regardless, it's, it's a lot of money. And I remember, you know, a while ago when um, I used to, my uncle used to take me golfing. Um, just you know, swinging uh, to, to a golfing range. We used to try to hit. Um, there, there'll be like objects out in the golfing range. You can try to hit them and everything. You can win prizes and everything if you if you hit farther. Uh, my my uncle used to tell me, you know, uh, you, you get paid a lot of money just by showing up to a to a golf tournament or getting paid. If you're a professional, you get paid a lot of money just by showing up and doing your thing. Um, and that that that's really the case. It's not black and white just like that you pay a lot because if you look you look down a little bit you know a lot some of these players are taking home is like 53 i mean he's taking home forty-five thousand. Um, it's not obviously bad i mean that's a lot of people's salaries and just one you know one outing but uh at the same time you know like i said it's not as black and white still got to come up come and show you can do do stuff and so you can uh you can golf really well but at the same time you're getting paid a lot of money um, and right. you know, you, you if you if you perfect your craft and you master your craft, um, a lot all those golfers out there who are in college or trying to go to trying to go pro, uh, that's something that you can look forward to, and that's something that you can work to, uh, and motivate you to master your craft and be that first, second, third, type or fourth, type or fifth, something like that, because that's a lot of money you're taking home in just you know one day. So, right, well. Let's have a little fun with it, Jamel, since we got we got about ten minutes. Let's have a little fun. Number fifty three took home forty five thousand. And I'm gonna go all the way up to ninety two thousand. That was number thirty four. Ninety two, five, sixty three, fifty four, forty eight, forty seven, and forty five. Let's just go forty five. Let's give you a check for forty five thousand, Jamel. What's a brand new Benz go for? Brand new Benz? Uh, does it go? I mean, what, what what Benz are you talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know there are different classes and whatnot. Let's just say the one you want, the one you ultimately want is a hundred and a hundred of thousands. But you can live with a brand new and the one that's fifty. That forty-five is not going to get it because, and then and let's say you you try to get this new house. Let's just say you put down twenty thousand. You got about twenty five left. That's not too bad. 
it's not might not be the house. Yeah, it's not. It might not be the house that you really, really want. It's a nice house. It's new. You got twenty five grand left over. But now, with that twenty five grand, you got to get furniture and and a, and a, and a refrigerator. Yeah, gone. Yeah, now you yeah. back. Now you back to the golf course. Am I correct? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you back to the golf course. We got to do some more practice with the bail. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. So hey, let's say you get ninety two thousand. Oh my God. Mm. Oh my God. Come on, Jamel. We're stopping at what? Spawn Divix or the Hilton on the way home. We're eating at the Hilton. You know? Yeah, we we gotta celebrate. Yeah, yeah, we, we gotta celebrate somehow. Yeah, yeah, we celebrate then, man. Well, we're gonna celebrate with the forty five. You know, we're buying, you know, myself, friends, whoever's at the golf course, I mean, who had a tournament with me. You know, I don't know the, the family, I don't know your family and friends structure at the tournament, but we're not going to go straight home. We're going to go by somewhere and get something to eat, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I was saying you can, with the 92000 you can go a little bit bigger with the 92000 <laughs> than 45000 <Right>. but <laughs> Because they're giving you a check, man, I'm sure they, they're putting it to your bank account because, you know, or, or however that they give you. We know it's not going to be cash out. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be cash out. So, you know, it, it, all of that's respectable. It just has different, I guess you could say, different tiers of respect. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. 45000 doesn't look like 92000 and ninety two thousand doesn't look like a hundred and nineteen thousand. Yeah. There are the, the different tiers and like you so say you got ninety two thousand, a hundred thousand. So I mean when you look at I mean when you're looking at say you're just a regular fan looking at the masters payouts and I mean you might not be well versed in golf, but from this you know, I mean, who who's the, the people who are off the chain. And then, I mean, you got I – mean, I, me personally, me looking at it, I know a couple of names just reading them. But, you know, I didn't know who Brooks Kopka was. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, but Brooks Kopka, who was tied for second, $1.5 I'm going to be like, okay, who is this Brooks Kopka, you know, cat? I'm going to look up who he is and what he got going on and, you know, what other uh, tournaments has he won. Uh, so, yeah, you can see, I mean, because if you're, like I said, if you're just a regular fan, you're probably not going down looking at these people who are in the 40s and 50s and 60s. You're probably going to be looking at, okay, who are the big cats? Who took home the big money? Because those are the people I really need to be watching. Uh, and, right. you, like you said, it's, it's a respect thing. A lot of people probably from this, if you're a really, really big golf fan and you don't know somebody from this and they came out with $700,000, you're probably going to be following them now, and that they probably gain a lot of followers by that um, that as well, which obviously could generate some more revenue, like ads and um, you know ad, ad revenue and stuff like that. People want to sponsor them, right. so uh, the masses can be a really really big thing for those people who walk away with a lot of this money because it doesn't just end at the money; it ends at I mean, it doesn't end really at all because people are going to continue as long as you keep up. Uh, playing uh, golfing really well and, and coming and uh, coming to the tournaments, coming to the Masters, and coming away with a bunch of money, then they're going to keep those sponsorships are going to keep on rolling. Those followers are going to keep on rolling in as well. Amen. The ultimate question: We got about six minutes left on the show. Okay, here goes the ultimate. Tiger Woods pulls himself out because of an injury. Do you think this is the beginning of the end for Tiger Woods' era? I'll go first. Okay. Kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. I think his competitive drive would probably get him over this, maybe go to another one, one or two. 2023, will it be the end? Mm. Depends on the severity of this of on how, how much he hurt because you know he's had surgery mm. two or three, four times. And for him to pull, we've never seen him pull himself out of a tournament. So, yeah. 
he had to be hurting really bad to pull himself out. So having said that, I'm going to still go with kind of, sort of. Some people might go with a strong yes. What do you what do you have? Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to go with you as well and agree, kind of, sort of, because like I mean, you look at him. He's born 1975. He's 47 years old. He's won a lot. He's done a lot in golf. Um, and that competitive drive at the end of the day can only take you so far because your body is going to tell you when to stop. And it was a, I believe the ankle, the injury he had was a foot ankle type injury. Like I said, he had surgery already, but the, the injury, when you think of golf, that foot when you're swinging is, is the base of, of a lot of your power. It's not just all shoulders and arms. That foot is some of your power as well, because it helps you, uh, that, that stroke, it helps you maintain that stroke and that posture and the, the form that you're looking for. And Tiger Woods, he has the best form, you know, out of, out of everybody because he is the best golfer to ever live. But like I said, I mean, that the competitive edge doesn't, at some point, it is going to falter a little bit because of the the body aspect. The body aspect is the most important at the end of the day. And when your body is telling you to go, that's when you know it's time to go. And yeah. Tiger Woods, like you said, Tiger Woods never pulled himself out of a, a tournament before. We've never Fine. known Tiger Woods to, to do that. So when he does, Fine. okay, we know it's yeah. serious. We know it's something that we need to be looking out for. We know it's something that, okay, we need to be, is this, is this probably going to be it for Tiger Woods? Is this something that he feels like he can't um, really recover from? Is it something that he feels like if he comes back, you know, if something like this happens again, he does. Because, he, I mean, he wants to still be able to do stuff. I mean, when you think of retiring from a professional sport, you want to still be able to do stuff and live your life. You don't want, okay, yeah, I play, I play professional whatever. I play professional football, basketball, baseball soccer, golf, whatever, that to be my the only part of my life. I want to be able to do stuff after. I don't want to be, you know, my foot is hurting. I can barely walk. I don't want my back to be hurting. I can barely stand. I don't want to be doing none of that. I want to be able to retire. I remember, I remember watching the last dance with Michael Jordan, and he was talking about him retiring. Because Michael Jordan retired pretty early, uh, but or his, for his second retirement and his first retirement. But he said that you know, a lot of a lot of players were saying, you know, they're gonna have to carry me off the court. You know, I'm 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 gonna leave till I'm I'm gonna play till I can't play no more. And he said, you know, he wants to be able to walk off the court. He wants to be able to play and leave when he feels like he's ready. And that's that's a lot of what a lot of players don't realize is that, you know, you can play and play and play, but if you if you're playing until you know. You're, you got serious, serious trauma to some type of some type of limb, and that trauma could really carry you until, you know, I mean, for the rest of your life, and it could just be really, really with you uh, for the rest of your life. And a lot of players don't want that, and that really stuck with me when Michael Jordan said that. He said he doesn't want to be carried off. He wants to be able to walk off the field or the court. And, I mean, ultimately yeah. that's what he was able to do uh, after his, yeah. his sixth championship. So, Amen. Very well said, Jamel. I like that. And I think Tiger's thinking the same thing, man. Again, I'm going to go with kind of, sort of. And we've got, we got about a minute left. I'm going to go with kind of, sort of. And I'm pretty much thinking Tiger took home a check, too, just for showing up. His name's oh, not yeah. on this board, but he still took home some money just for showing up. So. I'm not feeling all the way sorry for him, but, yes, I'll feel sorry for any athlete that's hurt and they take themselves out of a game or out of a tournament. Yes. Yes, I feel some kind of way for that. But there's a halfway point for me on this one because, hey, man, you took home a little a little cash, and I know it didn't – my favorite saying, I know it didn't qualify you for food stamps. So, <laughs> you know, you yeah. had a great time. Yeah. Hey, look at this, man. We have another great show here at Sports Talk Atlanta. I think everybody put in their share of hard work to make this show complete. I want to thank everybody for doing that. I want to thank our listeners for uh, following us uh, throughout the year because 
we got a lot more things that are coming up, man, that's going to be exciting. I said that a couple of times last year, and we had a lot of excitement. But this year, double that, triple that, quadruple yeah. that. You know, we got a lot of good stuff coming up. So uh, I want to thank you for your time, Jamel, on this show. Um, I know this show right here was our 352nd show with Sports Talk Atlanta with Never Had It So Good Radio. So um, from here on out, man, we're going to let all of our listeners know the countdown of the shows that we have. It's something to be proud of. It's something to, to let everybody know we're not going anywhere. And it's something to show the long, you know, longevity has its place. Um, for myself, the yeah. male, and the rest of the Sports Hawk family, um, I want everybody to be safe. Hey, man, keep balling. That's all I can tell you. Be safe and keep balling. Sports Hawk at loud. Yeah.